Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Great. It's great to see you all. Thanks for being here this morning. Before we um, jump into Vision Sunday, as we finish off our Dreamers series today, I just want to give you a little building update. Um, if you've noticed, we have a little door cutout um, in the back corner over here. Last year during Legacy Offering, we raised money uh, to be able to renovate some of the space, um, which used to be or is our tenant space. And... Um, when I went to meet uh, with them late last year to try to organize a time to be uh, able to do some renovations in their space, we were taking back about 1,100 square feet. Uh, they notified me that they got bought out. So our, our tenants have actually moved out of the space um, completely. And uh, so we actually took back a little bit of extra space until we figure out a new tenant situation. So, you know, last year we uh, received offerings for one room and we're actually going to get two rooms for the price of one which is a great deal. Um, so the first room, the door that you see right there, um, our hopes is that will be our new junior high room plus a, a multi-purpose room for classes and different things like that. And then the room on the other side of that is actually gonna be a team room for our city team. We're gonna have lockers in there, a place for you to hang up your coats and leave your stuff for services. Another great reason to join the city team that you get your own room. And uh, so, you know, it, obviously if you've ever been involved in a renovation project, they promise you a date and guaranteed it's going past that date. Guaranteed they're not making it. So I'm gonna say sometime before Easter, we're gonna get those rooms done. As soon as it's safe, we will open those doors up for you can walk in there and see what's going on. But they're looking pretty cool already. This first room, I wanna say it's like 85% done. We just have to do some flooring and some electrical stuff. So we will, we will let you know and let you in there so you'll see that in the next little bit. All right, how many of you have your dreamer's notebook with you today? Uh, if you don't have it with you, we know that you have it at home, and there are some things on your seat as you came in this morning, so you could just hold those in your hand for a second. Everybody got these? All right, so these, there's some stickers there. Um, we know that God is going to continue to show you some dreams beyond this series, and so these stickers are just to maybe to place in your dreamer's notebook for some special dreams that God has given you, and then we will talk about the card here in a little bit as we go through the message. But again, the purpose of our dreamers notebooks so that we can write down the dreams and visions that God gives us for us as individuals, for our family, and we're going to be talking about some church stuff today. But just to remember what it is so that we can write down and as we're going to read here in a little bit, move towards the vision uh, that God gives us. So vision, dreams, as we've been talking about in this series, is just the awareness of God's desire of future for you. And this is what God does all the way through the scripture. <clears throat> that he paints a picture of something that he wants for us so that we would actually move towards that vision. And as we've been reading scriptures and talking about the nature of a godly dream, you definitely should have been taking some notes, writing some things out. Oh, this is what God wants for my future so that we can move in that direction. In the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about some young people um, in the scripture that God has given visions to, but God give visions to 80-year-olds also in the scripture. So at whatever age you are, uh, you are not left out of a godly vision. And as we've been saying, you know, God doesn't sell us short. God knows the gifts and talents, the potential that he's placed on the inside of you. And based on those things that he's already given you, he is presenting to us or showing us a godly dream and a vision. So let's read here this verse that's embossed on our book, Habakkuk chapter two. And this is the context of these verses is the children of Israel are in Babylonian exile. 
And the prophet is writing something about a vision. And he said, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower to look out to see what he will say to me. And this is what we've been emphasizing. What is a godly vision for my life? What is God saying to me? What is God revealing to me by his spirit? Not just what I can dream, not just the goals that I can set. It's good to set goals, important thing to do in life. But what is the dream that God is presenting to me? Not what culture is telling me to do, but God, what are you showing me? Because I want to look out and see the things that you're saying to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Verse two, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. So this is actually something God wants us to do. We are shown something by the word of God, the spirit of God, that we would actually write it down, that we would not just let it go by the wayside, that we would write it down and then we would move towards the things we see that God has showing us. Verse three, for still the vision awaits, it's appointed time, it hastens to the end, it will not lie. It's, if it seems slow, wait for it, it will surely come, it will not delay. All right, so on Vision Sunday, I just have some reminders for us all um, as it relates to what we're doing as it relates to church and then some future things that we will talk about at the end. You know, and this is a big question. This is an important question, I think, for anybody who attends church and all Christ followers are called to be part of the church. Uh, Jesus said, I'm building the church, not the church is built. It's always present tense, active, that Jesus is building the church. So as Jesus is building the church, no Christ followers called to be out on their own. You can't say I love Jesus and hate the church, although you might be tempted to. You can't say I love Jesus and hate the church because the thing that Jesus is building is the church and the church is Jesus' body. So Jesus, God, calls us into the context of community, the family of God, the church. But, and I think this is an important question, what are we doing what are we doing at church? What, what is the purpose of what we are trying to accomplish? Is church just another place that I go to consume more information just like YouTube or somewhere else? Or is there something else significant happening um, for me being committed and, and me being a part of this thing that God has called me to do? So what are we accomplishing as we give our time in a local church? What are we accomplishing as we give our tithes and offerings? What are we accomplishing as we serve with our praying, with our preaching, with all of our faithfulness? Don't we wanna know? Come on, don't you wanna know? And and I'm gonna remind you of a few things today, kind of the things that we already know, but it it should inspire us again. It should renew um, something on the inside of us. The purposes of the church. Now, our mission statement here at the church is moving people closer to Jesus. Really, that's just a short form of the Great Commission found in Matthew 28. Matthew 28 talks about that people who don't have a relationship with God would be would hear about Jesus and move into a relationship with God. And then those people that say yes would be discipled, that we would be trained in the ways of Jesus. And so really moving people closer to Jesus just means we want to be the type of church that if somebody doesn't know God, they can come here and say yes to Jesus. And then when somebody says yes to Jesus, they can be discipled and learn about God and grow in their relationship with God in the context of community. So this is what we're doing. 
Now, what we, when we think about the local church, we need to keep doing the things that we're doing. In other words, we need to keep our hand to the plow. And there is a measure of faithfulness um, that is important in the body of Christ in the context of church family. My wife and I have, have been on staff here um, at the City Church for 29 years, friends. 30 years this October, which is crazy, I could still remember 30 years ago, us going on our honeymoon, just being youngins. And now we're, we're, we're not old. <laughs> we're a little bit older now. And one of the benefits of being at church for almost three decades now is we, keeping our hand to the plow has provided some amazing lessons along the way, just to seeing all of the things God can do with faithfulness. And this is something that didn't originate with us. It's standing on the shoulders of my parents, obviously, who have been in the ministry and married for over 60 years. And obviously, all down through church history, we see men and women of God just being faithful in the context of a local family and seeing God do great things. And so we just need to keep doing some of the things that we're doing because here in Mark chapter four, we get some understanding about the nature of kingdom work. Mark chapter four, verse 26, and he said, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and that seed sprouts and it grows, he knows not how. Now in the context of this chapter, this idea of seeds has to do with the word of God. And this is what we do at church, that we are scattering seeds of the word of God, that we are talking about God's ways. We're talking about God's promises. We're talking about his purposes. We're talking about the way God designed life to be lived. And so what do we do at church? We scatter seeds. We throw out the word of God. We toss it out. And then what happens as as we continue to toss out the seed of the word of God with children and students and with adults? Here the metaphor continues. Uh, It grows and he knows not how. And this is the same thing that's true with physical seeds. When we, when we plant a seed, what do we know that is in that seed? There's tremendous potential for a plant or a flower to grow in the context of the seed. And that's the same way with the word of God. And we would just keep out throwing out the seed of the word of God. Continue. Everybody say continue. So it's not just, it's not just one week. It's not just one month. It's not just one year. It's not just five years, it's not just a decade, we just keep on tossing out the word of God because this is what the kingdom of God is like. And the earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Everybody say harvest. It's an important notion in the kingdom of God. In other words, also, we see the progression. So there's a planting, and we know there's going to be a watering, and there's going to be some time, there's going to be some growth, and there's going to be some harvest. And again, just by observation, just in our own ministry journey, not just hearing about someone else's, but we've seen this to be true. As the word of God is preached, there is a progression. We've seen kids over the last 30 years that have been in our nursery who are now leading us in worship. Why? Because the seed was sown in their life and it grew. And it continued to grow. And then there was a harvest. There was something on the other end. There was a culmination of a dream because a harvest was reaped at the end. And this is what God wants to do with us as individuals, with our family, and then also with us as a church. 
that we would just continue to sow seed. And this is the nature of church activities, that we would sow the seed, and we would water, and we would watch it grow, and we would see a harvest. We would see dreams come to pass and be excited about those dreams and walk with somebody, walk with some of our friends over a period of time as they they dream something and they see something in the word of God and they say, pray with me, will you agree with me? This is what it means to be part of the family of God that we would walk with somebody over a period of time until the harvest comes. All of this happens again in the context of the family of God. And what we see in the family of God is all of the good and godly things come to pass the opposite as to what's happening in culture. And this would always be true um, in the context of church uh, all the way down through the past two millennia that the church is always going countercultural to the ways of the world and seeing the ways of God grow up in the context of an ungodly culture. And not to give in to the ways of culture, but to continue to sow the seed of the word of God. Because the word of God produces thoughts grow and become something, don't they? And this is true in all context. And we see this happening in the world. Thoughts grow and they become something. And there's all of these unintended consequences when we don't guard our thoughts. But here with the word of God, the thoughts of God, the thoughts of God and the word of God can be trusted to produce a godly harvest. Proverbs chapter four, verse eight. Here, here's uh, a narrative on the, that idea. Verse 18, it says, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. So what does it mean to follow a God? What is it gonna be? It's gonna be brighter and brighter. But what's gonna be happening in the world? The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. For they do not know over what they stumble. This is what's happening in the world. The world is throwing out ideas and then tripping over them. But the ways of God, what happens to us? We go brighter and brighter from glory to glory, from faith to faith. In the context of the kingdom of God, God's kingdom ways will be showing up in our lives in a wicked generation. And this has always been true of the church, the people of God. This is how the kingdom of God works. And this should be our expectation. As we continue to train children in the eternal ways of God, to have our children insulated, not isolated from the world, to train them to not follow the voice of the stranger, to not follow the voice of culture, but to say God's ways are the best ways and continue to train them to do that with young people, with students, with young adults. We had a young adult gathering uh, last Sunday night. We had like almost 100 young adults come out. Praise God for that. How exciting is that? We're bucking the trend. Church experts, oh, these young people are leaving the church in droves. And we're like, no, no, we don't believe it. We're gonna do something else. We're gonna have young people that stay in the church. Amen? I'm not gonna believe the report of the world. I'm gonna trust the word of God. We're gonna continue to sow seed. And as we've been talking about in this series, we wanna have strong families. We wanna have strong marriages. We wanna have strong parenting skills so that we can be this example to the world of what a loving family looks like, how God designed family to be. 
Can I get an amen? Amen, and to live that out. And then maybe there's this group of people that we actually haven't talked about much because we talk a lot about young people, but there's a wise bunch of people in our church. They're, they're exhibiting some gray hairs, or maybe they've hidden some gray hairs under some color. I don't know. But you know who you are, and we love you. We need you in our church. We need all generations in our church. The group of people that have raised families and now are helping raise grandchildren, we love you. It's so important that we have a multi-generational church. In other words, all generations are represented. But we always need to trend young. We always need to make sure we're making a way for kids and young people to be involved in the context of church. But we need you older folk. We need you wise folk. So we're going to be organizing some things coming up in the next little while for you gray hairs or you... (sighs) Or you ones that are hiding your gray hairs. You know who you are. (laughs) But here's a question. What if we dream a dream beyond our lifetime? Amen? What if we think about something just beyond our lifetime? Because God is the God of generations, not a generation. So what if we continue to dream as a family of God, something that would live beyond us? The verse that we've been reading every week in Habakkuk is in the context, children of Israel being in Babylonian exile. But there is a time when they returned to Jerusalem, and it's here on your card. Take out your card that was on your seat. Psalm 126, the first verse on the top of your card here. They're not in exile anymore. They're to the place where God would have them to be. Because there is a time where it's just like, oh, it doesn't seem like this is coming to pass. It doesn't seem like it's working. But here's the culmination of the dream, and here's what it sounds like. Psalm 126, verse 1. When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. And this is what God does. And some of the dreams that we've written down in our dreamer's notebook, we are going to celebrate together as your spiritual family when they come to pass. And we're like, man, this is like a dream. I can't imagine this thing a couple years ago. I can't imagine that this would have come to pass. Man, it is like a dream. This is what it sounds like. We were filled with laughter. We sang with joy. And our nation said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams in the new desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. You might be in a season right now where it just might seem like a tearful season. It it just might seem like nothing is working out. But we are going to stay with you through this season, and then we are going to shout with joy on the other side. If you're sowing with tears right now, here is the promise of God. Here is the nature of a godly vision. Sow in tears, reap in joy. Let's stay in the family together and do both of those things. Amen. They that weep, well, God, their plant, will plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest, everybody say harvest. So this is our expectation to be part of a harvest. So I want you to continue 
If, if you fill up your dreamer's notebook, continue to write things for your life, for you as an individual, for your family. We're gonna write some things down here about the church here in a second. That we would continue to write it down to move forward, why? Because there's harvest. There is seasons of reaping. But we gotta know what the dream is and we gotta move forward because then we will be like the children of Israel. We were like those who dreamed. And over the past three decades, Nicole and I have seen amazing things come to pass in the lives of individuals and families and in the context of our church. Last week, we we celebrated 12 years of being in our building, which was a dream, an impossible dream that my dad had. And now we are, we're walking in it. We're living in it. This tool of this church building has been serving us so well over these last 12 years. It's like a dream. So what is the activity of Jesus and what is the activity of God and then therefore what is our activity in the context of the local family? Well, let's read about it here in Matthew chapter nine, verse 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. Now, what harvest is Jesus talking about? He's talking about people. Do you know that God is in the people business, the life transformation business, the eternity transformation business? This is what God does. He's like, man, look at this harvest. Look at all these people. God is interested in people in your family and at your workplace, and in your neighborhood. Thank God for you that you have a relationship with God, but God is not stopping there. He's leaving the 99 and he's going to look for the one. The harvest is plentiful, but laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly. So if you turn your dreamer's card over, it says on the back, God, where is my place in the harvest? Number one, is to pray, so write that in there. What is my place in the harvest? Well, Jesus is saying, look at the harvest, it's great. Don't we think the harvest is great in Mississauga, the GTA, in Ontario? What is Jesus asking us to do? Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest field. So we're gonna be praying, and in the very next chapter, what does Jesus do? Jesus asked the people that he just asked to pray to go. Number two on your list, write go. Jesus is asking me to pray. He's asking me to go. What do you you mean, Pastor Brent, go? Do you need me to leave church right now? That's not what I'm saying. I want to go out and love somebody into the kingdom of God. The scripture says, It's the goodness of God that leads somebody to repentance. And there's people in our lives, just like in these cities and villages that Jesus looked out and they're sheep without a shepherd. In other words, they didn't have a church home. They didn't have a gathering place. They were all alone. And the harvest is not complete for the city church. And the harvest is not complete for all of the other churches in Mississauga who name the name of Jesus. Amen? 
Harvest is not over. Jesus is building the church. And then down there on the bottom, I want you to make this specific. Somebody in your neighborhood, somebody in your family, somebody that you're thinking about, man, they just, they just really need Jesus. They, they need community. They need to be part of the family of God. Write their name in there so you can be praying for them. Now, you don't, you don't show them this card. I wrote your name down. This is not what you're supposed to do. You'll ruin it. <laughs> it's between you and God to pray and then you and God to love this person, care about this person. Amen? And then, so that's only, there's three lines left. So what, what are these other three bullet points for? Well, what I would love for you to do with those last three bullet points is realize and understand what are the gifts and talents that God has placed on the inside of you so that he can use those in the harvest. Because he didn't place them in there for no reason. He wants to involve those things, the things that you're good at, to be a blessing to others. Amen. So together, we're going to continue to love God. Together, we're going to continue to love under kingdom rule and to serve people and preach the gospel and engage in loving acts. And all of that, as we continue to sow those good seeds, they will produce a harvest. Now, I've got just three more things here to talk about. Um, some things that I want you to pray about, some things that I would love for you to write in your dreamer's journal as it relates to the church and some of the activities that we're, we're doing as a church body. Now, God has positioned us and uh, me and Nicole and, and our staff team in some unique ways, not better than anybody else, not better than any pastor, but just in some unique ways based upon our training and our experience from, our, from my parents and just whatever, three decades of the school of hard knocks, that we have the opportunity to continue to train and help young pastors. So, and we've been doing this in a measure. And as I've been talking about, we've had the opportunity to invest into some other churches, to give some resources to other churches who are planning campuses, who are building buildings. And so, because again, the, the, this position that God has given to us, we want to continue to be a blessing. We want to be a, a training place uh, for young pastors and young staff members to be able to be trained up, oh, here's how to do church well, and here's some things about pastoring that we've stumbled along over the past three decades or that my, my parents have trained us about. So I'm just asking for your prayers. Will you pray? Write that down in your journal and be like, you know, I just, I just pray that the city church will continue to have an impact on other churches because one of the things that when we have an impact on other churches, we're having an impact on other cities. And when we have an impact on other cities, we're getting into discipleship multiplication. See, we can do addition of discipleship. Thank God for it. When we baptize people here, there's an addition happening in our church. But when we help other churches, it's like multiplication. Because on any given Sunday, all around Canada, in some of the churches that we've invested in, they are having baptism Sunday. And then we have a part to play in what's happening in those churches. So I'm just asking you to pray. Will you continue to pray? Now, I've got two more things in, uh, that I want to talk about. And so um, the 8.30, I don't know if they were just, hadn't had their coffee, but when I said these two things, they were like, ah. So I just want you to be excited because I'm not asking anything of you, all right? 
I, I just, there's a couple of things that are rolling around in our heart that we've been talking about that we have been seeing that we feel, might, feel like in this last season, you know, of, of our ministry, that we feel like God might be asking us to do. And so all I'm asking you to do is pray. All right, will you pray? And will you be excited when I say them? <laughs> the first thing is that I think that we should be involved in or have a part in or have a Christian school. Now, again, all I'm asking you to do to pray, all right? I, I don't know how to do a school. I'm not a teacher. All of the things I just, these are just things that we're seeing in our heart, all right? And none of, none of this has a timeline. I'm not imposing a timeline. We're not rushing into anything. I'm not a novice, all right? We're not gonna spend a bunch of money we don't have. But we're just gonna start, figure some things out, have some questions. What could we do? What could we not do? Maybe we could partner with other churches. I don't know. It's just kind of, again, it's just something I'm seeing in our heart and something that we're talking about. All right, so will you pray? And then the final thing is that I feel like we need a new and bigger church building. Now, again, there's, there's no, I'm not imposing a timeline. This, this church building took 20 years for us to be able to get into. If this is a dream, it's 20 years, it's going to be someone else because I'm not going to be pastoring when I'm 74. I'm just saying. I'm just going to be helping other pastors. Uh, but it's just something that I feel like we need to dream about. I feel like, here's what I... What I, I feel, you know, some people are like, oh, the future of the church is small. I'm like, no, I feel like the future of the church is big and small. Because if we believe that God wants us to have a harvest of souls, we need like places for people to go and to be discipled. Amen. And also, I don't think I can preach four services. So there's some practicality to it. I mean, and the reality is here with this building, we have a limitation. We, we actually can't, you know, with the space of our tenant, it would have been the best thing for us to expand this room. But because of parking limitations on this property, we're not able to expand this room. And we just kind of need a bigger worship space. So again, we're just dreaming about it, right? We're going to pray. You're going to pray along with us and agree with us. Amen. All right, let's just pray today. Father God, we love you so much. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for the dreams and visions that you give us. We thank you, Lord, for individuals and families as we continue to sow seed as a church, that we will see these things come to pass, that we will say, like the children of Israel in Psalm 126, it was like a dream. So God, we will continue in your path and your ways. And we just pray, Lord, for individuals, for families, for us as a church, that you continue to order our steps to the visions and dreams that you have given to us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Hey, before we leave this morning, uh, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You are not a follower. You never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I'm going to pray a prayer here in a second. Everybody needs a starting place with God. Jesus has called us all to be disciples. That means lifelong learners, but everybody needs a starting place. So the gospel, the good news is all about Jesus, that he came, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. And because all of that has happened, we can have a relationship with God. It's called righteousness, right standing with God. So how is it that we have right standing with God? Is it by us being perfectly moral? No, 
we can't ever reach a holy God standard of morality. But what God does, he just offers it to us. He offers us his righteousness as a gift. And when God offers us a gift, we just have to say yes. So this prayer I'm gonna lead you in is related to that. And so also if you're here today and you've not, you used to have a relationship with God, and you kind of feel distant from God this morning. You know, God is not mad at you today. God is inviting you close to himself. I invite you to pray along with me as well. So church, let's bow our head and close our eyes. And let's pray this prayer out loud with somebody who might be praying it for the first time or somebody who might be rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with those who made that decision for the first time this morning. Come on. It's a big deal. We are so excited for you. And if that was you, if you made a decision to follow Jesus right now, take the connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. Check off I have decided and turn it into the info desk in the main lobby just outside of the circular staircase. We have a team that's going to greet you with a big smile. They're going to celebrate you for this amazing decision as well. They're going to give you some new resources, some free resources for your new journey of faith. But we are so proud of you and we're so happy. Hey, City Church, you glad that you came to church this morning. So good. The series has been so good. I'm actually going to invite you to stand. We're going to hop into another worship song here just to close out the series, close out this morning's service. The words of it says, I see heaven wide open, your presence overflowing. That is our prayer as a team. As we've just been in this Dreamer series, our prayer is that we would continue to see heaven wide open, that we would be guided by his spirit, that we would see heaven touch earth in our lives, in our families, and our workplaces. And so come on, as we sing, as we press in during this worship song, would you join us in prayer and just begin to call those things out, that we would see those things happen in our families, in our homes, all across the city, that we would see heaven touch earth, that we would see heaven wide open, his presence overflowing in our lives. Come on, Aiden, sing it out.
hands are wide open, Lord God. Thankful for the for the seeds that you've watered in this season, Lord God, and ready to reap the harvest that you have for us, Father. I pray you'll help us to continue to stay faithful. Even that while we're faithful with little, you got Lord God, you'll bless us with much, Father. Thank you so much for who you are and your goodness, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. to be with you this morning. So great to worship with you, City. Just a couple reminders before we head out. There's these really cool sweaters on sale in the lobby, so grab your Vision City Church merch as well if you were hoping for someone to pray with you or for you, our leaders. They're making their way up to the front right now. Feel free to pray with any one of them in just a couple of moments. City Church, we love you. We will see you next week at 8.30, 10.15 or noon. Have a great week. We love you.